What's up, everybody? My name is Brandon McCollum, also known as BMXC, and this is Nice Minds. I am with a very, 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 times 10, very special guest, Colin the Troubadour. What's good, my dude? What is going on, man? How are you? I am doing just fine, considering the craziness of the last uh, few years, because you know I've just been having a a wild time in my life. But, uh, dude, it's good to see your face. Um, We go back... uh, we go way back. Many moons. Yeah. Many moons. Probably like, I think I met you 2006-ish, probably. You know, it's funny. I was trying to think about when we actually met. And I was like, I was like, was it at a Yaffa thing? Was it like, was it at something out in Maple Grove, like a show? Was it just at a random show somewhere in Minneapolis? I couldn't pinpoint it, though, to be honest with you. I was I was racking my brain, but I couldn't think of the exact day. I would guess it was probably Yaffa because I was going up there like weekly, you know, because and that was like before BNC actually like really started going. But I was um, TQD had told me about, you know, meet the meeting of the Mayans with Egypto and I was going up there a lot. So I feel like that's probably where we met. I knew you before that. You did. OK, I'm pretty sure it was Dinky Towner. Yeah, that would make sense. I can remember either seeing you perform or we were just all at a show together or something. And you ended up I, I don't remember where we went, but you ended up like in Missy's car or like somebody's car with us going somewhere to some party or something. And oh, funny. that's when we met. And um, I think I, I want to say like it was you, me, Missy and like Mercy's and like maybe somebody else or something. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. But I can remember you in the backseat freestyling. <laughs> and, and oh, here we go. Because you you're notorious for like like any get together, any party you just freestyle like like crazy i mean dude what's your record for for how long you've freestyled like in one sitting man that is a fantastic question i couldn't even tell you i've i mean i definitely haven't set like i know they did like they've done world records for like hours and hours and hours on end which is silly um and ridiculous but i mean i'm probably you know in the 20 minute range maybe somewhere in there yeah i figured it was probably something like that yeah probably 20 to 30 i would say i know a couple of people that can freestyle really really well and you're you're one of those people that just like you just got that <laughs> thank you man appreciate it it wasn't long after we started uh well i mean like you said like we started going to yaffa which was a um a hookah bar um where we'd meet up with egypto knuckles and egypto kind of had these um I mean, like before you guys started Background Noise Crew, which was your uh, the label that Egypto started and all you guys started. Um, before that, he was having like these like building sessions. Yeah. So I remember the first time I met Egypto was actually at one of those, and I want to say it was like it was you. Uh, I know Missy for sure was there. Um, I think uh, I remember Muja Messiah being there. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who all was there. I'm sure it was a bunch of people that I know who they are now, but I didn't know at the time. It's crazy how many people rolled through there, man. Yeah. Like, man. it's so many what we now consider, like, kind of hip-hop staples in the Twin Cities. Like, yep. they all at one point <laughs> rolled through Yaffa. <laughs> yep. I, that's where I met uh, Dwanel Roland. And, I mean, he's yeah. he's been killing it for a long time now. I, I met him when he was, like, 18 and when he met up with Egypto one day. Yeah, I remember when we were working on... um. I think everybody does this volume too. And he was just kind of starting out and he was up there a lot. Like every time I would go yep. to meet with Egypto, Duanel was was there quite a bit. So I was like, oh, this guy's 
this guy's hungry, man. I can tell that he's probably going to be onto some good things. And sure enough, man, he, he kept going and he's doing great. So very, very happy for him. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't long, like within like, you know, a couple months, a couple years and we, we became pretty good friends and we, we did a bunch of shows together and I had you on my album, Mr. Nice Guy, a song called 10,000 yeah. Ways and you killed the verse. And then I did a beat for your first project when you went by Analyrical. Yeah. It was a song called More Than. More Than, yep. Which was incredible. Oh, dude, uh, that that beat, dude, it was, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, that beat was phenomenal. And I remember actually going out to your house and we were talking about the beat and talking about everything. And um, I was, I was super, you know, I, I got beats from a lot of different people at that time, just because the nature of networking and doing all these shows and meeting all these different people, I definitely was looking for a lot of different flavors. And um, I remember when I first heard that beat, I'm like, oh, this is going on my album for sure. Um, I was pretty, I was pretty sold on it right away. Even if I didn't maybe say that immediately, I was definitely thinking it in my head. Yeah. And at the time, I mean, other than my own stuff, that was the favorite thing that I, I had produced. I mean, and, yeah. and still, still one of my favorites. I mean, I, I, I still love that beat. Um, I mean, I, of course, like I've, I'm, you know, 13 years experience past that. And like, you know, I, I listened to it and I'm like, oh, I know what I could do better now. But like at the time it was like one of my, my best freaking bangers, you know, like it was, it was really dope and, and you killed it. I mean, then that was one of the first tracks that I, I had like, done for somebody else that i was like completely satisfied with like lyrically you know because like because sometimes as a producer you give you know you give beats to some people and it like it you know you like them but at the same time it's like they didn't do it justice you know and i as a producer i've experienced that a lot of times where like i've had people you know over my tracks and it just it just didn't it just wasn't what i expected it to be and i think that was like the first time it was like met and exceeded expectations oh wow thank you man uh <laughs> bmc to bnc beatles back in 63 you know fuck yeah bro hell yeah man um so let's go way back what is your history with music like how did you get your start this is interesting because this is probably going to be a lot of stuff a lot of people don't know um but like i so i was always into the arts <clears throat> not music specifically but i was into the arts from a young age i was in plays at a young age i was at the kansas city i grew up in kansas first 10 years of my life uh, i was at the can kansas like conservatory theater when i was like eight doing you know a, a different version of midsummer night's dream so i was always on stage man um just always a part of my blood and uh, my mom's been a writer for a long time as far as hip-hop though specifically um it was probably around like 14. I got, um, I got Nas's Illmatic and, uh, I didn't really quite know what it was, but I had heard about it from a friend. So this was like probably two or three years after it actually came out. And I remember listening to that and was just, I mean, that was a pretty high bar to begin with, but yeah, I was just blown away by that. And then I started writing stuff. Obviously I kept it to myself for quite a bit. And then when I was like, 16 or so you know i went to high school with a lot of um very talented people at st paul central i mean there was high respects all the different guys from that band um meta like metasota he was he was actually a little bit older than me there's st paul slim he's a little bit older than me um but just a lot of and in tech as well um just a lot of talented people that were you know i was either a couple years before me or same time or things like that and just 
they would always do ciphers on the second floor of Central, which were pretty famous at the time. And um, they had like a recording arts program, which I never participated in, but it kind of like showed me that like, okay, you can actually maybe do something like there's, there's a creative outlet here for you. And then of course, you know, um, in 99, I worked at the Grandview Theater. And so at the Grandview Theater, there's, there's kids from all different high schools that work. Oh, you worked there? The one that's um, right on uh, Cleveland? It's Grand and Fairview, so yeah, yeah, right. Oh, Grand and Fairview. No, that, but I do know where that one. That, that's crazy. I didn't know you worked there. Yeah, I, I worked there for a little bit in high school, and um, worked with a couple of my friends from Central. But then there was other kids from other high schools that I worked with and became friends with. Um, one of them was a kid named Ben, and he went to Highland. And then there was a couple of people from Creton that I knew as well. But Ben, uh, I'll never forget it. You know, he he told me what it was. What you know, one Friday night or Saturday night. You know, we're closing up shop at the movie theater, and he's like. Oh yeah, hey, I'm like going to check out this show at uh, the Highland like um, like community center. Like you guys should come check it out. I was like, oh okay, sure, let's go. And idea was at was at that show, and it was basically his. You know, he was doing just like a like freestyle music thing at the community center, and it was obviously unbelievable. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, what is going on? And after seeing him and then being around people at central, like I just, I started to really write a lot. I still wasn't like comfortable with performing yet, but probably around 16, 17, that's when I started to listen to a lot of local music and then, you know, kind of just expanded from there. And yeah, I was, I was writing probably as early as 16, probably didn't feel good about my raps until I was about like 20. That's crazy about the idea thing. I mean, I I suppose like St. Paul, I mean, even though it's a pretty, fairly decent sized city i mean it's a tight-knit community just like the whole twin cities so i'm sure like anybody from st paul has some sort of i you know idea story if you were around back then i mean he's he's like a he's a mentor he's an idol he's a friend um you know he's he's one of st paul's most brightest shining stars we've ever had and obviously we all miss him and um but yeah, just, you know, captured by by his energy. And yeah, everyone's got a crazy idea story. I have a, a couple of my own, obviously, and I'm getting to know him a little bit throughout the years. And um, yeah, just incredible. Yeah, and I miss idea uh, to death. I mean, and yeah. even just like kind of getting to know him a little bit towards the end of his life was was an honor. But uh, I, like an interesting thing that like I, I thought of, um, did recently andy milanakis was on steve-o's podcast i saw that they were talking about yeah um, like the best freestylers or whatever and andy milanakis mentioned idea yeah yeah that was crazy i saw that on on social media and i was like so crazy wow good on you man and you know your history that's amazing because it's i mean it's true he's you know there's a certain pantheon of, of freestylers there's you know like supernatural there's juice um, and then ideas probably up in that top five conversation, I would say, um, for sure. Yeah. And I think anybody in the hip hop space would, would say that, I mean, especially people in the freestyle battle community. I mean, and he did it when he was 16, man. Yeah. 16, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, he was winning stuff. Yep. Beating really talented people when he was 16, man. It's, it's unbelievable. Cause yeah, I mean, he wasn't even, he wasn't even like 29 when he died. I mean, so he just like. Right. He accomplished so much in his in his sh- in a short time span. It's crazy. I mean, and he was yeah, he was a teenager and he was just like this prodigy. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I I've never seen anything quite quite like it since. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I know a lot of talented freestylers, obviously, but 
the nature of the freestyle too has changed. And we know that that phrase and terminology gets thrown around a lot, especially like on YouTube, like this is a freestyle from, it's like, no, it's not actually a freestyle, but it's good bars. I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at it, but the term is not correctly applied. Yeah. There's a huge argument in that factor for sure. Yeah. I don't even it, like, it, I don't even think it really matters though. Like, I mean, not that doesn't matter, but like, if, if you're, if you're, if you're showcasing your skills, like, I think you just, maybe you could just call it a different word. Like just call it a rap. I mean, what right. it is still a rap, right? Um, free verse, free verse. Yeah. I mean, but like calling it a freestyle in the origins of that. Yeah. I mean, freestyle is all off the head in the moment imp- improvised, you know, that's what it is. I think yep. pretty clearly hip hop historians, I think would agree with that at least. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, so back to, to your history. Um, so, re- I mean, recently, I mean, I, th- I think you've been going by calling the Troubadour for a while on social media. Um, but I, I think I, I just realized the other day when I was on your Bandcamp page that that's like what you went by now calling the Troubadour. Yeah. It's all brand new. It's the first release and everything yeah. like that. It's the first thing under that moniker. So the Instagram is calling the Troubadour. I think on Twitter, it, it won't let me change the Twitter handle. So it's still analytical six, five, one, but then like the name, you know, I think it's changed to calling the Troubadour. And then I don't even know what it's, it probably still says analytical on Facebook, but I feel like that's always in parentheses. Maybe I need to change that. I dig it though. I, I like it. Um, I mean, cause you, you're, I, are you still in Troubadours? Or are you and Fingas still doing Troubadour stuff? No, but um, you know, I just, I connected strongly with that project and why we started that project. And, you know, that album was called tales of the Troubadours and a Troubadour is like a traveling songsman. So I just kind of always liked that idea. And then, you know, it, yeah, it was definitely a big imprint with me musically going forward, that project that we did together. So I just felt like, yeah, I'm calling the Troubadour, you know, I'm, like a, I'm, a, I'm a man, I'm a storyteller, I'm an orator, um, I do music, you know, it kind of just fit everything that, yeah, that I wanted it to fit, I guess. Yeah, I always like uh, names like that that are way more natural, you know, because like, yeah, like that one just kind of came to you. I mean, because it was like, one that you had like as a social media handle and you were part of the troubadours and it just was natural. And, and to me, like, it just, it, it sounds like you, I mean, and a lyrical will always sound like you too, but like, but I I think it's a natural progression, um, a natural, it's a, it's a good fit. I like it. Oh, well, thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, analytical was cool. (laughs) That name came about just like analytical, but with an R, you know, when I was really young and I was like, Oh, that's cool. It's lyrical. Ah." Yeah. Um, and I, it just kind of stuck with me. I mean, I tried other names. They definitely weren't good. Um, and, you know, but now I, I feel like older, hopefully wiser, um, just kind of clean slate where I'm at in my life, you know, calling the Troubadour, you know, it, I feel like it, it resonates or maybe sticks in people's heads a little better too. Yep. Your new album, it's coming out April 25th and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's in Italian, but so you wrote this whole album while you were in, or I should say EP, I mean, it's like five songs, right? I don't even call it EP, but yeah, it's just a little music project. Yeah, it's five It's five. Five songs, yeah. And you wrote it all in Italy, right? I did. Um, it was wild, man. Um, I went I went to Italy in 2018. Um, my wife and I went there for a destination wedding. My wife was a, um, a bridesmaid in the wedding. Her, so, so two of her really good friends uh, got married in Italy. So we went out there and went for a couple weeks. And um, yeah, just... I, I can't say enough, man. If you can go see the world, see the world. Um, 
it, 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 it's good for so many reasons. I just, and I've, and I've only been to like, you know, Canada, Mexico and Italy. And then I've traveled around the country a little bit, been fortunate enough to do that and see a lot of great things in America. Um, but just going there and seeing like, kind of like the beginning of what is now considered like modern civilization, you know, is um, really just breathtaking and really kind of is surreal and makes you think about a lot of things about life and, and existence and, and, and love and all these different things that come to your mind when you're, when you're surrounded by such beauty and history and just being in a different place too. It, it just all kind of resets and re and re reworks your, your mind frame around everything. That's dope. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to go to Italy. I mean, Italy is, is especially one of those places. I mean, just cause I mean, it, it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of, of history and, and the, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's just, it, it just seems like one of those places where, you know, you, you, you go and you just like learn a ton about yourself and the world and, everything i feel like yeah and you know there's a line in, in one of the songs on the new project like i uh, i think it goes i walked on the stone where caesar stepped um just like that i mean i'm walking in a place where like some of the greatest minds and greatest leaders have ever been you know like and they were there they lived it you know and they they imagine all the conversations they must have had imagine all the things that must have happened um that were crucial to the you know evolution of, of of man so it's it's kind of um it's just a trip when you think about it and you're like i'm walking i'm walking in the forum i'm aristotle used to go preach to people and have daily like philosophical arguments with people right over there like it's just unbelievable yeah that's insane um so yeah i know i know this this project was a long time in the making because i remember like towards the beginning of the pandemic you were talking about recording it with me and like i know the, the pandemic we just couldn't make it work for you know, right. a myriad of reasons um but I, i'm stoked that you finally got it done man because i mean like you said you wrote it in 2018 and that's like four years in the making and it's finally going to be released um and it's it's produced fully by uh what's the dude's name that produced it uh Bitowski. i went to his page recently and looked at some of his stuff he's He's like even his website is just like super, yeah, professional and and his beats are are fire. Yeah, he. I mean, obviously, he's on that producer game hustle. You know, he's got all his beats for sale for twenty five, fifty, a hundred bucks. But I had followed his YouTube page for a long time, and I was always listening to every. I mean, I got the notifications and stuff. I was always listening to his beats, and um, before I went out to Italy, I was just like, and I didn't like plan i was gonna write a bunch of songs but i just like chose like five to eight beats just to bring with me you know just in case you know something hit with inspiration or something was going on and there was a lot of inspiration so i had i had a collection of beats with me i had i had hit him up and just said man i'm a big fan of your work we we definitely need to work on something together and and he was he was down so um yeah you know he he i felt like his soundscapes really they they have like good atmospherics good ambiance to them he can make i mean he's diverse in what he can make but he also just has these just the mood music you know it just creates kind of these moods with the with the different samples and different sounds that he uses some of these cool just um environmental type beats like like you're out in nature or you're doing this i don't know it just all really resonated with me i haven't pre-ordered it yet uh, but it's available <laughs> it's for, right. for pre-order right now um and it's what like a few dollars 
It's three whole dollars. Three whole dollars. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, this is a very big passion of mine, but it is just like a passion and hobby at this point. I'm not trying to build like a full on career in music at this point. I'm just doing it like you have kind of said in some of your podcasts I've been watching. Like, I'm just doing this for the love. So if I can just recoup some of the expenses I made, you know, I used to make it cool. If I don't make any single thing, that's all right, too. You know, um, I guess I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in a place where I'm not dependent on the money or anything like that. That's what's up. And you just kind of answered my next question, because my next question was because you're a father um, and a husband and, you know, you have two kids now. And I was going to ask how you balance family life with your creative endeavors. And you just flat out answered it right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know, like I said, it's you know, I've got a nine to five job. Yep. Um, I've got a wife I love so much. And um, like, that's the foundation of, of everything. And, and then two kids under the age of five, it's, it's two girls. It's, um, it's a wonderful, crazy ride that we're on right now. Um, you know, just try to, just try to be there every day, try to soak it all in. And then when there's time, you know, then we, then we write, you know, there's more time than you think, especially when you get like organized. I, I've, I've really focused on being organized the past like two years of my life. And that has really paid off and allowed me to kind of be able to record this and do things like that. Because before that, it was, okay, I'll write a little bit here and there, you know, whatever. Um, but now that I've kind of made some major changes in my life, and I'm so much more organized, now it's like, now I'm like way more productive writing songs. I have a bunch of songs like I've written in the past year and a half like stored away i mean i mean i'm i'm ready to record another project here pretty soon probably this summer we covered a lot in the short time span damn um <laughs> yeah uh, what advice would you give to younger artists wanting to get their start with music what do you wish you would have known when you first started <sighs> that's a tough question because i did a lot of things the wrong way i can tell you that for sure but you need to like set out goals set out objectives even make daily goals, um, weekly goals about what you want to do musically, hold yourself to them, um, make plans for three months, six months, nine months, a year down the road, two years down the road, five years down the road, put those all in your mind, visualize them. Um, and then you, you got to put in the work, even if it seems like pointless and absurd at the time. Um, you know, nowadays, it, you know, there is that chance, you know, with social media that you can generate interest a little bit quicker now. But even that, you got to be on your social media game grind, right? Like you got to be grinding on that, you know. So, um, and and yeah, and I guess I can't speak to that because once again, I'm I'm a little bit older and I don't. My hustle was, you know, we know what the hustle was back in the day. Like, go to every single show, hand out flyers, duct tape stuff everywhere, tape stuff yep. everywhere, get on all the forums, text every single person you knew, um, you know. And some of that's still the same, but a lot of it has changed. So, like you know, with insights and analytics on social media and how you use those things and what's going to pop and what's going to respond. I, I would definitely look into that um, while you're, while you're kind of building everything up as well. That's great advice. I mean, I feel like just, I mean, I, I've always been organized as like a producer and like, as a, like an artist. And, and when I ran uh, nice entertainment, I was pretty organized, but over the last few years, like my life just got super chaotic and I've had to like, kind of rein it back in and and now I journal and I I I I've been journaling for the last like uh month and a half and uh I've noticed my organization and productivity has just been um it's been like back to where it used to be almost um yeah 
just just from like adding that in and i've been meditating a little bit and good for you just trying you know just trying to to just keep my my life in order because because of all the the chaos and and shit that's been thrown my way over the last few years um but yeah i, th- I think organization is key especially if you're trying to make it um in this industry yeah you know be uh, and staying on your social media grind too with arts but music specifically i feel like there's a lot of different avenues to being successful and then there's also like how do you define success right so it's you know there's people obviously you're a big name artist you're you've got a million followers on instagram people are downloading your music you're playing shows getting paid like 50 grand to to rock a show yeah you're i mean you know that's a select group of people but then there's like the rest of us that like you know you got to play shows but then you also got to like find other ways to get like placements on, on a TV show or like on a podcast or like on a YouTube channel or different placements is like a big thing now. And then being able to kind of like um, leverage some of that stuff and monetize that stuff. And the person I always think of is the homie carnage. Um, You know, he's never been like, I mean, he's very well respected, has a fantastic reputation, such a great individual, but he's never like been like a big, huge mainstream success. Right. But he's able to maintain a professional career. I mean, he's been very smart about how he leverages everything and how he how he approaches everything from a business perspective. So I would say, if people are watching this, go follow follow Carnage on Instagram yeah. and see what he's doing. I mean, today, Mouthbeat Mondays, dude. He's always got, and he was at an elementary school doing. I mean, and that's so cool, and that like yep. that brings people in, like community feel, and just like, wow, this guy's really like. He really cares about this. Right. So yep. it's, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it was there's lots of different avenues with music, you know, just, you know, finding finding your niche and finding your way can be tough. But if you find it and then you work at it for sure. I appreciate you for for coming on the podcast, man. Uh, do you have any last words you want to leave the people with? Oh, yeah. I didn't even tell you how to pronounce the project. It's uh, Alitalia con Amore which uh, translates uh, to Italy with love. Um, so just go to colinthetroubadour.bandcamp.com, pre-order it today. It comes out on April 25th. And um, there's a reason that it comes out on April 25th, which I will share right now. So in Ital- so you know, we were talking about Italian history earlier. Um, April 25th is a, is a huge day in Italy. It's, um, uh, it's a liberation day or day of freedom. So it's basically the day that Mussolini's reign ended. Um, that's what, so it's a huge celebration in Italy, uh, on that day every year, kind of like our July 4th or what have you. So, um, yeah, it's a very important day. So I wanted to, when I was looking at the calendar, when to release this, I I was like, I know this is a long time for a pre-order to be out there, but I all have it ready to go. And, you know, April 25th is the day, you know, I'm celebrating Italy. So, you know, I've seen some people, uh, from Italy, like hit me up on Instagram already, which is really cool. Like, that's kind of what I want to have happen a little bit um but definitely to engage with it um but yeah april 25th alitalia conamore um it's going to be on bandcamp call the troubadour.bandcamp.com and then eventually it'll be on all the you know all the platforms and streaming stuff and itunes and spotify all that stuff hell yeah man go get that shit everybody go get that alitalia con amore alitalia con amore amore Amore, that's amore. That's amore. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hell yeah, man. Well, thank you, dude. I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship uh, after all these years, man. You've always been the homie. You've always been mad supportive of me. Um, and 
you know, we've always made amazing music together when we've had a chance to collaborate. And uh, yeah, I just appreciate you, man. Oh, I appreciate you too, man. And let's, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's work together again, man. Let's do it. I'm ready. Fuck yeah, bro. Let's get it.